0: There's a ghost inside my head Of a memory long forgotten And every now and then I want to be haunted Now I can see it in your eyes We share the same affliction But only for tonight can be my addiction Need to breathe it again and lose all my senses. Now I can see it in your eyes the wounds we've covered up, but only for tonight. We can be each other's drugs. Woo-hoo. tonight
1: Hello everyone, you're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Biennage, and today I am here with Logan and Blair.
2: Hello. How's it going? How do you s- say your last name?
1: Biennage. Biennage.
2: Biennage,
1: yeah. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Polish and very difficult. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've given up on people being able to Yeah. S- I would say
2: Ashley Bernnage. That's what I always but, said.
1: Man. Okay, that's okay. No, that's fine. Uh, one day everyone will know. My last name So I'm not too (laughs) concerned Ashley B Forever Yeah Um, So today we are here to promote the upcoming uh, album release of Captain Tomorrow and the Dream Orphans Dream Orphans Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that again Captain Tomorrow and the Dream Orphans uh, Which is happening on April 30th at the West End Tell me a little bit about this album
2: this is our fourth uh, studio album, and this is probably our most conceptually out-there album. All our albums kind of have a running story within them. And this album sees our character, Sebastian Al, uh, ripped out of Earth and placed in space, and he becomes one of Captain Tomorrow's dream orphans, and Captain is one of the oldest men in the universe who drives around space in a pirate ship. So it's kind of about that. It's kind of about... Um, Crisis of Faith, and it's kind of also just basically a breakup album. Oh, that's so yeah,
1: that's really cool. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear the entire story. So, does you say that all the songs flow as like a one big story?
2: Yeah, so at the start of the album, he's still with um, in the third album, he was living with a prostitute.
1: So, see, these are all kind of they, yeah, they all connect, they have a
2: chronology to them, and so the concept, yes. So, yeah, uh, the start of the album, he's with the prostitute that he was with in the third album and then he they decide to overdose together and that's track five um called only for tonight and they decide to overdose together and then that's the moment where captain tomorrow takes him from earth and he becomes dream orphans and then they decide that they're gonna set set the world on fire because then there'll be nothing to be homesick for and that's when he decides he'd much rather spend his last moments alive with the woman that he left in the first album, than live in space forever.
1: Wow, <laughs> I love it. Um, that's awesome. That's I'm ex- like I, I don't know what to say because that's just like summed up everything that I had to ask about that. That's awesome. All right. So see ya. yeah. Okay. Right. That's it. Thanks everyone. For, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, so why did you decide to make an album like this? That connects to a story and...
2: Well, it started as a writing tool, like, with the first few albums. Like, if I had nothing to write about, I could always reference the story and where the character's at in the story. And then whatever happened in my life, it was neat to try to filter that through Sebastian L and where he was in the story. And it was just so... It, I, I don't know. It was interesting to me. I like concept albums and bands that are a concept and have it kind of be a bigger picture story than just individual songs.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. Um, nice. That's, um, but so why why did you want it to connect to the the, the album before, previous?
2: So that if you buy this one, you'll get, you're going to want to know what happens before it, right? Okay. So
1: <laughs> is, it, is it hard to, like, instead of just working with inspiration, rather to have, like, this is the story, I have to make a song that works to this story. Is it harder than no? His?
2: Cause like really, the story can go any direction. Like,
3: it kind of evolves.
2: Yeah, it evolves, sense. and yeah, it changes. On,
3: I feel like it does. Like depending on what's happening in your life, and like, I've, I've, you know, we live together, so there's been a couple moments of revelation where Blair comes downstairs and says, "You guys, this is what it's about. <laughs> this is how it's going." Yeah. Yeah, so.
2: and and also the fact that it is a story is esoteric. You don't need to know that it's a story to be able to, because yeah. they do stand alone. I, I hope. As songs that you could just turn mm-hmm. on and listen to without having to know where you are.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, nice. Um, so we started with South Side of the Sun. That is number seven on, on the on the album. Well, how is that song related? That's Because that's after the overdose.
2: Yeah, that's after the he's so that's kind of uh, hit the, our trippy homage to Harry Nelson Beatles esque. Uh, Space pop song And so that's Where uh, That's where he's Kind of enjoying Being out Outside of it Having the overview effect And uh, Seeing his world From a different perspective But that doesn't Last very long Mm
1: -hmm. Oh okay
3: Interesting Where did you write That song
1: Blair?
2: Yeah Well well, that song I wrote in my head On the way home from work Yeah you did (laughs) In one day? Yeah well there's Like (laughs) three overlapping um, Vocal harmonies And Uh I just never thought that we'd be able to do it, um, but we, I saved it for the album and we only basically did it that day. Yeah. Like we rehearsed Think it maybe once it. before and did it in studio and it came out. We the harmonies pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, it came out exactly how I imagined it. So that was, i was one of the best things about uh, making this album was um it, taught me a lot of the creative process because we made three before but they were very crunch time Mm -hmm. we spent a weekend uh, two weekends doing them so we had to get it all done but this one we kind of took our time with and we're able to uh, be creative in studio and that was really beneficial and fun Mm -hmm. and we're we're going again in September to do our next album already already so I'm looking forward to that one
1: so you can crank out songs pretty fast I guess or do you have everyone on everyone in Smash like Well, writing music like
2: Logan's a songwriter mm-hmm. um, and Ian's a songwriter, but I think this like and so I respect their input uh, greatly. But I think this is a singular voice. But yeah. your your voice is not mute. You know yeah, what I mean?
3: Definitely. Yeah, Blair writes the songs for special Now, except for "As the Crow Flies." <laughs> we wrote together. <laughs> we wrote yeah. together, but that we wrote that that's will we'll be on the next album. But yeah, okay. it's it's Blair's brainchild, as it were.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, and and what's the, I what's the end result of this of this album, the Captain Tomorrow?
2: Like the story wise? Yeah. Um. So basically, you can
1: tell me, or should I keep it a secret?
2: Well, it, mm. like I say, it really doesn't. It,
1: it's not really important. It's but
2: not really important, but like, but, but, but like the world is on fire, and he comes back to Earth. Okay. And uh...
1: while it's on fire.
2: While it's on fire, but.
3: And then the, uh, the end the then the big end then <laughs> <pay> attention to. <laughs>
2: This all happened In his mind The night after the overdose He went into a coma
1: Oh, it's all a dream Yeah mm-hmm. It's
2: that Dallas yeah. Television show
0: Yeah
1: I look at the classic Oh, it was all a dream mm-hmm. cool. I like that mm-hmm. That's That's very clever So uh, Stepping away from the album For a second I just want to talk about uh, Sebastian Owl And yourself uh, How How long has sebastian owl been a thing
2: we started uh, me and the bass player ian and two other friends from brandon started the band in 2010. excuse me um and oh yeah. i
1: should say to everyone sorry before I interrupt you we're sick um so yeah. there might be some coughing yeah. I, should, I forgot to mention that yeah so If you hear a cough, it's because we're slowly dying. I don't normally
2: sound this sexy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so we started in 2010 in Brandon, and we went. uh, our original drummer then moved to Toronto with his other band, and our guitarist moved with us. He moved back to Brandon, and then we had a whole new crop with Ian Clements and Sean Clements. And then they left to work on their respective projects, and then we acquired Kieran West, and then he went to go work on his projects, and now we have a whole new crop which is still me and ian the bass players the bass player and myself and we have logan mckillop now and glenn radley on drums and uh, logan's brother colton is also on guitar so okay so since 2010 i guess we've been so if you think about it four albums in six years is not a whole lot you think so i i don't know i think if you can do it you you should do it I think a lot of bands worry too much about finance and making that work but you can make it work you Mm -hmm. just gotta keep working Mm -hmm. I find if you if if you're not moving forward you're moving backwards and um, I would have liked to have enough albums for every year but you know with people moving and stuff yeah leaving the band you have to kind of take that into consideration and slowly work on the next ones but I think we're back we got we're in full swing now,
1: mm-hmm. and all four of those albums are connected. And would you say, and how would you say that the the music has kind of has has it transformed over these four albums, or is it, it fairly similar? Or? Because you
2: have to take everyone's sensibilities mm-hmm. into account. And so, with Logan joining the band, I think him and my my sensibilities in terms of music and style blend in a way. And, and I'm I'm inspired by his the voice that he has on guitar and to be able to write to that but Logan do you want to talk about joining the band and
1: yeah I was gonna ask yeah, about that absolutely. how did that happen
3: yeah well we uh, as it turned out we uh, we were all kinda looking for a new place to live last uh, last March so so we all got together and uh, Ian was down to join us too as well as a few other friends so it just made a lot of sense we were jamming a lot uh, in, in our living room and uh, you know and, then I've, and, I've, and I've played shows with Sebastian as kind of a filler um when other people couldn't make it in the past and we've always we've always jammed the songs so i knew most of the songs anyways so just kind of it kind of made sense i was wondering like hey do you just want to like play with us (laughs) all right (laughs) It just kind of i know flowed into it so Mm. and it's been a lot of fun it's been a year now i guess yeah yeah it's been a year now so it's been a lot of fun and i love i love the songs Mm -hmm. and uh playing with these guys is a true pleasure of my life, so Aww. yeah, it's it's so a great fast. time. I tried to tickle him, but he's yeah. got abs of steel. Oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but you can't hurt Steel Man. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so actually not true. Sure I don't have abs. For anybody listening <laughs> out there?
1: Well, everyone technically does have abs. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, Logan, <clears throat> when you're—I know you, you do your own music as mm-hmm. well. Like we've t- we've talked about it before. How right do you? Ba- yeah, right. <laughs> we were on opposite sides of the studio. We were, but, yeah. It's um, how do you balance? perform i thought you were fairly active with touring and performing how do you balance that with sebastian owl
2: yeah it gets pretty busy sometimes that's <laughs> actually why his brother joined to kind mm-hmm. of be backup and yeah, then he's
1: uh, he's uh logan 2.0 he's, yeah. he's
3: actually 2.2 he's like wicked guitar player yeah okay. but no yeah he joined uh as 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 a filler that was the the initial thing like to sub in for me when i was out touring or mm-hmm. or playing shows or whatever. but uh it just makes a lot of sense to have us both there because mm-hmm. <laughs> the chemistry that Colt and I share it's crazy. on the you guitars. can tell they're
2: brothers just by listening to how they play guitar it's
3: insane that's
1: crazy yeah, so is he the one that kind of looks like you too?
3: I look like him actually you look like him. is <laughs> he older? <laughs> no he's younger oh okay. Yeah. Okay. He's <laughs> younger. yeah but yeah it gets pretty busy sometimes I'm uh, I'm pretty busy touring but um, you know obviously obviously Sebastian Al is, is a priority and when it when the timing does work out magic happens Mm -hmm. When we're all there, so.
1: Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, you mentioned in a few seconds before, or not a few seconds, a few minutes before, you said that finances shouldn't really be something that's holding somebody back, but it is kind of a big deal. Oh, totally. How, How do you deal with that? But
2: the way you work that out is like our first three albums we did at a friend's garage, which is totally, it was very cost effective. And they're not the greatest albums in the world, and I think that's what a lot of bands are worried about is it has to sound perfect and it has to and it to to a degree you have to make it like something that you would listen to. But if you're fighting for perfection, it'll take a long time and a lot of money. But um if you stay active as a band and you say, do four or five gigs right there that could pay for studio time, you do two, three more gigs that could pay for the editing and the mixing and you do two more gigs I could pay for the mastering. So it's just about being pragmatic and a little parsimonious with how you spend the band fund. Just keep it to the band, and then then you're able to keep working. And, yeah, I don't know. The way I see it is, like, I could sit on an album for years and years and years waiting for the right time to release it, or I could release it and do another one and release it to another one and not uh, wait for anyone to catch up, really, Mm -hmm. because, I don't know.
0: I
1: don't know. No, that's <laughs> I I get what you're saying. Like, I I met artists on on both sides that like, I want to put a, I I don't want to put anything out until I know it's going to be great and mm. something that I'm gonna, like it's high quality, something I'd be really proud of. And then I met people that, no, I want to get my music out there. I mm. want people to be listening to it. And if it, if this one's not going to be like the quality that I'm aiming for, then the next one will be even closer exactly. and eventually get there. And you're getting more music out, somebody people listen to. So I can I see both sides of the argument, and I I agree with. Uh, points from both sides. I don't have one an album, so I can't I can't make an argument about it. But I agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm.
2: It's just the whole thing of like, I don't like to use his trajectory as an example, really. But like Kevin Smith starting with Clerks, like how low-fi and low-budget that was. He didn't then wait to make it a better looking film. He put that out. And then over time you evolve and you grow. And that's how I think we started, like in our album in two thousand ten. Was really rough but and was full of naivety. But it was you could you could hear the joy that we had making it and same for the second and then the third and then now I feel like we've kind of grown into our sound and we've are more mature musically that it shows in the album and I think that's good at album 4 and 5 to show like if you start out there like it's I don't know Mm
0: -hmm.
2: help me out here Logan
3: yeah it it only grows (laughs) like with any musical project Mm -hmm. you know you become more comfortable with your sound or just finding your sound and also obviously becoming a better musician too you're learning other instruments and other other things, so it can only go up really. Mm-hmm.
1: So, do you still perform songs from the first few albums that uh, the, even though the sound is different?
2: Well, yeah, and and they they kind of take on a life of their own now, yeah. and so they're different than they were when if you heard them on the album, and that's a good thing too because music it evolves and it has a life of its own, and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so we play a few tracks from the first and some from the second, and some from the third, but yeah, they breathe
3: yep. new life into them,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought of, um, like, re-recording them with the new sound or maybe making, like, a music video with them with this totally new sound that you guys... Or not totally new, but this evolved sound?
3: I do B- Blair just writes uh, Part 2s. Yeah.
1: <laughs> part 2s. Yeah, so there's a see.
2: Take Me Down Part 2 on that album, mm-hmm. and yeah. there's a Take Me Down on album one, but they're not the same <laughs> song. <They're just
1: laughs> Why did you decide to do that?
2: Um, thematically, uh, <laughs> Take Me Down in the first album had a whole different connotation, but it was... a, a point in his life where he decided to do something drastic and so that's the same for this one it was his point to try to go back home to find the woman that he left in the first album so Take Me Down was him leaving that woman and then Take Me Down Part 2 is him deciding to go back to that woman so it kind of
1: has this, this big circle 180 yeah. I like it yeah. well, first 180 and then 180 making a
3: circle. but remember it's all a dream
1: well no, the,
2: the space part's a dream, but like yeah. his emotional his, journey is t- his like so that's real. It's
1: <laughs> t- his decision. <laughs> it's real, man. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, so then what's what's your songwriting style? I'm totally ignoring you, Logan, by the way. Oh that's good. Um uh,
2: Answer I'm, I'm Logan, what's my what's my songwriting style?
3: Good.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Blair's got a very unique style. He pumps out songs like uh he's very prolific. Um I got a real knack for writing Really good pop songs these days. Huh. Real, really, catchy, yeah. to say really the, catchy. To say tunes.
2: prolific, they're like ninety percent are not
3: good. No, no, <laughs> yeah. absolutely not. No, they're all good. Yeah. Oh. No, it's uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> so no, no. They're great tunes, and uh, p- yeah, he's you, got a really, a really good knack for, of course, like sticking to the theme and the concept of Sebastian. Now, I, I truly do admire that. That's not an easy thing to do, and also, just your melodies. Mm-hmm. The, the melodies you find and the, and the chord progressions you find are, are uh, always always a joy to play on <laughs> and to sing harmonies to. <coughs> oh, there it is. That's me thanking yeah. you.
1: Are you okay? Uh, uh, um,
2: welcome. I'll die okay. someday.
1: One day. Yeah. Okay. Is um, there anything you wanted to add to your songwriting style?
2: Um, I just steal all Logan songs.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> just transpose <coughs> into a different key, elaborate <coughs> the melody a little bit, and there you go.
2: No, I guess when he says pop sensibility, I think pop gets a a negative uh, connotation to it these days. Like when you think pop, you think Lady Gaga, Justin Bieber, and <clears throat> Katy yeah. Perry. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But um, my uh, inspirations are very much in the Billy Joel, in the Paul McCartney post-Beatles, in uh, Harry Nelson. Very like old, true pop where yeah. it's a very catchy melody. But also, I tr- like I tried to make something that is pleasing, melodically and chord progression-wise. But uh, thematically and lyrically, I I always try to tend to be very negative and honest, in a uh, not negative but truthful. You know what I mean? I don't know. That kind of sounds so, high Sometimes flut- the truth is negative. Though. Yeah, well, totally. But this yeah, this yeah. all sounds very high and I, I I think
3: I think uh, the best answer to this question. If you guys are wondering what Blair's songwriting style is like, you should buy this new album oh, and uh, oh.
1: see what he did there. And yeah.
3: uh, maybe have a listen, and you guys can uh, make
1: your own decisions, make
3: your own answers. And yeah.
1: where can you buy this album?
3: At the WEC on April
2: 30th, <laughs> and then after that, I guess we'll put some up at uh, Music Trader. Yeah. And,
3: yeah, and there'll be an online, an online, online, yeah, distribution on
2: and uh, or come to a show of ours. That'd be fun too. We'll sell them there. Or come to
3: our place and hang out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say that. Yeah, we're not gonna give <laughs> the address. I, I was about to <laughs> too. But social uh, insurance numbers? actually, if they follow, and my our, credit card number.
2: If they follow our Instagram, they can pretty much tell where we live. There's yeah uh, signs everywhere.
1: <laughs> I, there's literally I signs. I everywhere. I like how you just okay. like announce that to everybody. Yeah,
2: just come <laughs> over. We're lonely. Yeah,
1: yeah. and and friendly. Yes, um, a little too friendly. So you guys aren't the only ones that are performing April 30th at the West End. No. Um, $15 advance tickets or $20 at the door. <laughs> who else is performing?
2: Oh, buddy. This is going to be a fun one. Basically, it's just going to be a stage full of friends. We have uh, Kieran West and his Buffalo Band um, opening, who is you know, one of our favorites, one of, one of our dear friends. We love all those guys. And then uh second will you be playing with the Mike Ehrenberg band? Sweet. Yeah, so you bet yeah. talk about that.
3: Yeah, and then uh the Mike Ehrenberg band uh will also be opening the show on April thirtieth at the WEC. And yeah, it's gonna be a great show. It's uh there's kind of like a, I don't know, a group of, of songwriting buddies that we have here in Winnipeg that we've known for a long time. Mm-hmm. That you know, from the Brandon days we've all kind of grew up together and watched each other grow. And uh I don't know, I'd say I would say those two guys, Kieran, Kieran and Mike, have definitely been a part of that group.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're very important to me, actually. Like, uh, Micah Ehrenberg Band, if you've never seen them, have you seen them?
1: Uh, yeah, I did. I saw. I went to go see that show with Logan.
2: Okay, wh- where was that at?
1: Uh, what's it called? That corner place? Oh, the Times Changed. Times Time Changed, Club. Yeah. Because yeah.
2: yeah. well, I think I was there that night and I saw you. Were you? You were with your boyfriend. Yeah. And you, was
3: that Micah Ehrenberg Band? Might have been, uh, or was that, or was that uh, the our tour comeback? Anyway. oh
1: dear, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Oh no, I think you might have just come back. Yeah, tour. yeah,
3: I don't think. No, that was with the band because oh, it was, was it
1: was right before our interview we had together.
3: Okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was the night before. Yeah,
1: yeah. okay,
2: so yeah, yeah, so if if I was ran listening,
1: William Prince there and I was like, oh hey, how's it going? Oh well, yeah,
3: he's yeah. a great guy. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, for anyone who has, hasn't seen the Mike Ardenberg band, they're relatively new, but the songs aren't. They're, they've been in Micah's you know, womb for more than nine months. and uh, He's finally giving birth to them. He's finally giving birth. And like I I saw them live for the first time, I think it was December, at the Goodwill, and I had to leave because I was crying because I was just so proud of the guy. And the band together um, is just magical to watch because... I don't know. It just—it's something else. I—I—I mm-hmm.
1: I, I was su- not surprised. That I didn't know what to expect, but I really liked it. Like, I, from what I remember, it was really like kind of like the word I would use was crunchy. Like crunchy. Crun- I crunchy almost want to call it like
2: well yeah. country. Country to an extent, but I think it's like avant-garde pop. Okay. No.
3: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think uh, once yeah. again, all these stupid genres you can make up. W- once again, if anybody's wondering what Mike Ehrmanbruggs' music sounds like, you should probably buy his new album that's yeah. coming out. Yeah, or right come away. to the
1: show. Or come to the show. Yeah, absolutely. He's performing that too.
0: Yeah, yeah, that too.
1: Mm-hmm. That's gonna be a good show. I'm really excited. And Kieran West and, and Kieran his West, Buffalo band. Oh yeah, his he's Buffalo great. band. I met him. He's really good. I also saw him uh, open for uh, Del Barber. He was really good. Oh yeah, that was good a good show. show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, you were there. That's right. Yeah, he said hi. I'm I'm have a horrible memory. So uh Captain Tomorrow and the Dream Orphans. Who is that? And who are the Dream Orphans? You mentioned a little bit but
2: Yeah. Um so it was just in my head. Um I have you ever seen Treasure Planet? Yes. So I just love the image of an old have pirate ship it? flying through space or uh, like the old Peter Pan. So I always had that image like deep in the recesses of my mind. Ooh. And so uh, when it came time to, like, I wrote a song, um, oh, many years ago, three years ago, probably now. It was when uh, my girlfriend at the time had cheated on me. I went out to Mike Ehrenberg's house in Matlock, and I wanted to write a song that was far beyond, like, that I'd never used in Sebastian. I just something to get me out of my head, so I wrote the song Down to Earth mm-hmm. that's on this album. So it, it was a space-themed Number album. Because I'm like, how far could I get from me? So I went to space creatively. And then years later, when me and that girlfriend eventually uh, broke up, that theme sounded neat to me, going to space. So I used that song, and then I came up with this whole idea of Captain Tomorrow, who is this old man who is forever, he's forever years old, and he just flies around in a spaceship, and he takes people out of Earth who aren't living their life to their full potential, and those become the dream orphans. And I did have a, one song um, about the Dream Orphans, but I, we didn't even work it out because it, it didn't make sense. But I still wanted to keep that theme. Um, and yes, yeah, so that's who Captain Tomorrow is. So to me, that's why it's kind of a crisis of faith because that's kind of me dealing with my perception of God as well. And it's, yeah, so that's a theme throughout the album.
1: Okay. Cool you said Treasure Planet, because when I heard that, I was like, oh, man, it's like that one movie. Like, I was obsessed with Treasure Planet when I was a kid. Like, I had, like, <laughs> the DVD. We had a, uh, like, one of those old TVs that you had to get installed into your cars. Like, no, now they come with them. But yeah. back when we had it installed. And, oh. Now and that it, I think about it, he
2: started that whole haircut trend.
1: You think so? Wow. Yeah.
2: If you look at a picture like of shade him. on the su- shade Yeah. On the, on and the, the little back. ponytail. Little ponytail. Whoa.
1: Yeah.
2: We all have Treasure Planet to blame, folks. Yeah. Hipster Genesis. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's awesome, though. I really like that. Uh, um, So, what was the hardest thing about making this album?
2: Oh, uh, see, I I don't know if "hard" is the word because every hardship only only benefits you in a way. Um, So, like, just the it was a slow process to get it off at, at the start, but that was because of band members leaving. Like, half we recorded two songs and then they left. Um, so then we had to do a little hiatus and stuff and record a little here and there. So it, this album was like over a year in the makings that I guess was tough because I had all the songs that we were going to have for the album. And so creatively, I didn't want to write any more songs because I knew then that I'd want to put them on the album. So I kind of was forcing myself not to be creative for, I think like six, seven months, which was tough, mm-hmm. but now that I was allowed myself to write again I've been writing a lot and that's been good so um, there's that there's the financial side but my parents helped us out financially a little bit I footed the bill a little bit and uh, yet you know, other other stuff was paid for uh, from gig money so I'm I'm a little in debt but you know I'd much rather be in debt with something I, I'm proud of than you know not
1: this money, not again. have an album yeah. because
2: I'm afraid to spend money, you know.
1: That's fair, it's a good good reasoning. So, we should probably take a little break and listen to the uh second uh song that you chose, uh, only for tonight. You did mention it at the beginning when you're kind of describing the, the arc of the story. Do you just want to re kind of iterate what you had right. said?
2: So, yeah, this uh, only for tonight, this is where he and the prostitute that he was with in the third album. You know the start of the album they're back and forth they're they're a tumultuous relationship obviously and so they they decide in kind of a romantic gesture to overdose together so that they don't have to face the world anymore and it's kind of a a very happy song but with a dark underbelly Mm
1: -hmm. i like that all right so everyone who's listening this is only for tonight
0: There's a ghost inside my head Of a memory long forgotten And every now and then I want to be haunted Now I can see it in your eyes We share the same affliction But only for tonight You can My addiction Now I can see it in your eyes, the wounds we've covered up, but only for tonight, we can be each other's drugs. just a symptom of the beast inside of me. But only for tonight. Let's be
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Biennage, and I'm still here with Blair and Logan. Say you hi. should almost, like, yeah. tuck
2: us in and give us a uh, chicken noodle soup. Oh, God.
1: Yeah, you guys sound <coughs> really sick. Um, oh. <laughs> but we just finished listening to uh, Only for Tonight. Uh, there's only a few more questions I wanted to ask, uh, but... What the the cover art for this uh, album is really cool. It's like some spacey and then like a pirate ship, kind of like with the whole treasure planet inspired idea. Uh, who did this?
2: A friend of ours, uh, Kelly Hudson. Mm-hmm. Who's uh, she's an artist, but that's uh, she's a hairdresser, and she was wanting a, a project to work on because she hadn't drawn in a while. So I. Asked her, "Hey, would you want to do our album cover?" And I gave her the concept, and she did a really good job. Far mm-hmm. and, yeah, far she and does beautiful work.
3: Yeah. yeah, she just lived a stone throw, a stone throw away from our place too. So okay, yeah. she's walking over.
1: How that cover art going? She's like, "Hey, okay," <laughs> and then just walk on back home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. I really like it. It's
3: although in
2: Wolsey, you could pretty much throw a stone and hit an artist anywhere.
3: That's true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. And where did you guys record this album?
2: Uh, this album, uh, well, we started off recording at a place called uh, Paradise Alley Studios mm-hmm. with uh, Dale Penner and Jeff Hildebrand and our agent, Jason Kane, uh, was helping us with that. And then that uh, studio uh, didn't work anymore. The owner of the building, there was financial issue, and so that studio was no more, so we had to find another one. And so I wanted a place with a grand piano, As you do. And uh, so we recorded at Paintbox Recordings with uh, Lloyd Peterson. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we did 11 of the tracks. And we took those tracks back to Dale Penner, who was uh, with uh, Paradise Alley. And he just has a studio out of his home. So we did the rest of the stuff there. And uh, yes, there was a lot of creative. We went into um, Paintbox. Like, we had four days planned, and so we were like, okay, maybe the first three days we'll get the bed tracks done or whatever, but by the second day, we had all the bed tracks done, so we had a lot of, we had two more days just to
3: do guitar solos, vocals, harmonies.
2: So we uh, really utilized our time well, and I'm uh, proud of that, and then, yeah, so then all all was said and done, we got them mastered. This is the first time we've ever, like, paid a pretty penny to get it mastered, because I never really knew what that meant. What does it mean? It means I don't know the way I described it is you know you watch like YouTube you watch YouTube and then that that video leads to another video and sometimes you have to adjust your volume because they're not set together so that's the way I see mastering it's kind of making sure everything is everything and everything's level in in the whole album spe- yeah, spectrum
3: choosing choosing like a sound
2: yeah, yeah but that there's probably some sound people out there who are going, you don't know what you're talking about. Because I really there don't. There definitely is. <laughs> I really don't know what I'm talking about, but that's that's how I sleep at night is pretending I do. Yeah. And so we, uh, yeah, got them manufactured or mastered in Nashville.
1: Nashville. Wow. Yeah,
2: which was great. Got that's to talk cool. on the phone to this guy with a nice Southern drawl. It was really nice. B- but before I hung up, I wanted to tell him not to vote for Trump, but I don't think he will.
3: But yeah, (laughs) going back to where we recorded both of those uh, studios, um, it was was a really fun process. I'm working with Lloyd and Dale. Both of those guys are are not only wizards behind the computer, but also uh, really nice guys. And we really, you know, we enjoyed working with them a lot. So much that we're
2: doing it again in September. Absolutely. We're doing it the same way.
3: Because I I like that way of we
2: went into the studio uh, to do the bed tracks and got the vocals pretty much. And then we took that. To a home studio where we could really take our time and perfect the vocals, add the saxophone, add the flute, add the violin, and all that stuff. And so it was really beneficial to have it in two separate places. So that's the way we're doing it again in September for our next album.
1: You're In two different places. Yeah. Okay. And and so you you had to you had to shift to another studio. What were like the really was there anything really really stressful about doing that?
2: Nope. Because the reason why we. Um, Went to his home studio, because at his home studio, he didn't have the room for the drums, so we needed to have... A, I like live band recordings. Like um, I don't like where the drums are separate. I, just I, For some reason, I can feel when the drums are recorded separately. Loo-
3: you lose the...
2: You lose the passion of it, and the then band. you have to go to a click track, and it has to be a certain way. But the way we went, we did basically all the bed tracks there... Live as a band. Live as a band to then be able to go to the home studio and work out all the other kinks. Yep. And so it, it wasn't stressful. It was beneficial.
1: Okay. Awesome. I was, I, When I think um, having to pick up and go somewhere else, that might make me stressed out. See, well, it, I, think,
3: it, I think it might have been stressful if if we were working with different people but well, it, was, it was very oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it, it depends
2: is, on the people like if they understand cuz basically you work with one person and they finally by the end of the week understand your sound and then you take it to a whole new person who's hearing these for the first time so then you have to get into that mm-hmm. mentality but they're yeah they were great to work with absolutely so.
1: awesome that's so cool uh, so what is your favorite song on the album
3: I, I think think I don't know I think mine's Dear Wendy.
1: Dear
3: Wendy. Mine's a Ballad of Captain Tomorrow, which is like an and old, it's eleven minute opus. it's the three parter, yeah.
2: Well to talk about Captain Tomorrow.
3: Yeah, well, once again, I'm just gonna get you guys to maybe buy the album and <laughs> listen to the song for yourself.
1: You're not even gonna <laughs> convince them and tell them give them. Well, yeah, it's, it's really
3: it's a really cool tune, and and I feel like it's it's uh it's something that a lot of bands aren't doing these days, which are are meshing. Yeah, b- ballads, like meshing three-part songs together. And it all blends very well. You know, and it's all, all to uh, the same theme. and it's, I don't know, to me, it's, it's the one that kind of ties the whole album together.
1: Mm-hmm, it has Captain Tomorrow's name in it. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you absolutely. Go. Okay. And so why um, do you like Dear Wendy? Which is a song we're actually going to be closing with. Says. But we're mm. going to talk about that afterwards. <laughs> but why is it your
2: favorite? Uh, Well, for personal sensitive reasons not sensitive reasons i'm just a little uh, a little suck as my mom would call her dog um yeah this is a breakup song this is uh when i was me and my ex now we lived together at the time we broke up so i had 15 days still on the lease to live in this empty apartment so i wrote the song dear wendy and it's about it's through the eyes of... It's personifying Peter Pan. You say,
1: like, Wendy Peter Pan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wendy uh, Darling? And that's
2: exactly the whole uh, spaceship and... Er, uh, pirate ship in space, that whole thing kind of worked with the album, so it's personifying Peter Pan trying to convince Wendy to come back to Neverland, al- although knowing that eventually you have to grow up, but he doesn't want to. He wants to stay in La La Land forever, and so it's it's about that. So it's about Peter Pan, but it's not. It's about a dark moment in my life that it's it's a pretty song and i like it.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh w- once this album is released, do you guys plan on going on tour?
3: Yes, we do. yep We'll be hitting the road in uh in mid-May. Like the May 11th we take off. We're going for a couple weeks out to uh Jasper, Alberta and back. And it's going to be way too much fun. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're ju- we're basically just uh um We're spending a lot of time in Alberta. We're we're spending four days in Edmonton. Yeah. it was going to be awesome. We play at Filthy McNasty's and a doubleheader at Blues on White. Mm -hmm. And I love Edmonton. It's a cool town. Yeah. Yeah, getting into Jasper's can be a lot of fun, too.
2: Yeah, we're really trying trying to focus on, like, instead of doing all of Canada, like, keep it in small chunks. And then the next time we go out, we'll do that small chunk and then a little further. And then the next time, do that small chunk and then a little further. That's that's. Mm-hmm. That's that. That okay. that, that yeah. that's yeah.
3: that. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna okay. be a lot of fun. I'm excited to tour when it's not winter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to worry about winter <laughs> driving. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. yeah.
1: Okay. H- and yes. how do you how do you plan a tour? Just in general, not yeah. necessarily this one, but just in general, how do you plan a tour?
3: With a lot of
2: emails. Well, that's how you plan a tour. Yeah. We yeah. we have a an agent, a booking agent,
3: who does uh, that for us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, Jason Kane's helped us out in a big way with that, and uh, there's been a few shows where we fill in a few of the blanks here and there, mm. but when it comes to booking it tour, it just takes a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls, and a lot of time behind a computer.
2: But it's beneficial though, especially for your route, because once you do it, then you have a new Those contact, contacts. and then... Yeah, a
3: new town, yeah. It
2: mean gets
1: easier every time.
2: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Canada gets smaller and smaller the more you tour it.
3: Yeah, it does, yeah.
1: Okay. Awesome. Just need to go on tour like a couple hundred times yeah, and then exactly. you'll be known all over Canada. <laughs> that's, that's everybody's goal. <laughs> all right. So we are coming to an end of the show. We're going to be listening to Dear Wendy, which is really exciting. Is there anything you would like to add or say that we didn't get to talk about?
3: April 30th at the WEC. Come out, please. <laughs> Look forward to seeing you. And also thank you Ashley for having us here. Yeah, oh yeah thank no, you very much. Yeah, no problem. This is yeah, always the best.
1: so much fun. Hopefully um, you don't get sick. No, I know. Uh, you're like the fourth person I run into or you you are the f- three and fourth person, third and fourth person that i run into <laughs> that's like deathly sick. So I'm cons- I'm hoping because exams are coming up that I'm not gonna get sick, but uh um, disinfect these mics. Yeah, <laughs> I do take I do take a lot of vitamins, so hopefully. Um so good?
3: All right. Great. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Ashley.
1: So everyone who's listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Please come to ooh, uh, the West End Culture Center on April 30th. Uh, $15 advance tickets where you can buy them at
2: where? Oh, yeah. Um, you can go to Ticketfly.com. There are events on Facebook. It sh- uh, So, yeah, Music Trader, Into the Music, or at the WEC and Ticketfly.com.
1: Okay. Or if they find you guys. Yeah,
3: and you could go to the WEC's website and they Yeah, yeah,
1: they'll, yeah. Okay. Take your hand It's <coughs> $15 at the door Or No no $15 advance Or $20 at the door You get to hear um, se- uh, Micah Ernberg band Kieran West And his Buffalo band Sebastian Owl It's gonna be a great Fun Time Um Woo-hoo. So, yeah, this has been the Winnipeg Music Project. My name is Ashley Bianche. If you missed the first half of this interview, don't worry. It's on UMFM.com or go to www.winnipegmusicproject.com on Friday at 8 a.m. sharp. There will be a downloadable link for the full interview as well as links to uh, Sebastian Owl's social media. All right. Mm-hmm. So thanks for listening. We are all done. Now you're going to be listening to Dear Wendy.
0: One day you'll find you the same way that you were before. You lost your happy thought. When every little thing was just amazing, you were never sad or scared or angry, or even aware about the dark. The end of all that's frightening So take it all away one day to find you The same way that you were before You lost your happy thought When every little thing was just amazing You were never sad or scared or bravely Or even aware about the dark